You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 317. Today's bonus episode is all about manifesting your goals in 2020. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning into Hey! A bonus episode here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. This is an oldie but goodie at the perfect time of year. I am bringing to you one of my favorite and one of our listeners' favorite episodes from my good, good friend, the manifestation babe herself, Catherine Zenkina. Now, Catherine's been on the podcast a few times, and this is an episode all about setting the foundation for manifestation, understanding universal laws. And primarily like the law of attraction. What a perfect time of year to do this. If you've been hanging out with us for some time on the show, then you know I've been for like the whole month of December talking about our goal setting mini course, jameswilmer.com forward slash goal setting that so many of you guys have shared incredible feedback. And I know by now that each and every one of you have completed that haven't you? Because it is now 2020. It's time to go from goal setting to goal realizing, goal manifesting. So guess what? Not only do I have in store for you this bonus encore episode with Catherine to help inspire you in January for manifesting your goals, but I've got another gift for you. It's a manifesting guide, which I'm going to get to in just a moment. But really what's inspiring this conversation is, as you know, as I've been talking about in every episode, as I share my journey, I'm here in Sedona, just went into escrow on our first home here in Sedona. And what many of you don't know is that the first time I came to Sedona back in 2015 with my wife, we were not married at the time. We were driving into the city. We weren't even to the main area of town yet. I'd never been before. And I remember saying to her, oh my goodness, look at these homes. Can we buy a house here? Let's buy a house here. And by the end of that very first trip, we were already driving around the neighborhoods looking at property. Now, we hadn't bought our primary residence yet. And that was our first manifesting goal. And I've talked about that manifesting story. Did that almost to the day. But now here we are in escrow for our first place out here manifesting this home. And I love to share as many examples and stories as possible in my life to inspire you to do the same. And that's why I wanted to start January outright with you. So before we start this episode, let me make sure you download your gift. Free gift for you. This is like a mini course. It's a complete guide for manifesting your goals in 2020 broken down into four steps. Now, again, you may be somebody that's all about the manifesting and you might be someone who's not. You might be the type of person that's rolling your eyes, crossing your arms, tapping your toe and shaking your head. Did I give you a pretty good visual there? Yeah, I know. And look, that used to be me. I was the king of skeptics. And you know, here's the truth. I apply physical action in the 3D world to get stuff done. I do work. It takes work to record this podcast. I don't close my eyes and the podcast is magically done, right? So a lot of people tend to scoff at things like this because they say that's just what lazy people do. And I say, you know what? You're right. In fact, in our guide, we talk about this. I think a lot of people that don't want to take action, call them lazy or not, I don't really think it's laziness. I think it's a fear of taking action, use a lot of these manifesting principles as 
a scapegoat for not doing things that scare them. Oh, it doesn't feel right, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah, that not feeling right is called fear. <laughs> and you're afraid to go after your dreams. And you're still going to have to take uncomfortable actions that are outside your comfort zone. Please, that is undeniable. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. This human experience is in a 3D, tangible, action-oriented plane where you have to take action. You have to. But what type of actions? And how do you know which ones are the right ones? And even thoughts, ideas, new ideas is a form of manifestation, manifesting a new idea, attracting new ideas, right? Attracting the right circumstances, people, places, and things. But you still got to pull the trigger. So even for my skeptics of all skeptics, embrace your skepticism. But I challenge you to while holding on that skepticism, have an open mind because I was willing to do that and it's worked pretty darn well for me. To me, it's always about a blending of both the spiritual and the physical, the left brain and the right brain, you know, the, the linear and the creative, the masculine and the feminine. When you combine those two, you're going to have a secret weapon, an unfair advantage that no one ever will be like, whoa, what are they on? What are they taking? <laughs> what are they on? Right. And for those that are like all about the spiritual side, I want to invite you to bring in some of the more action-based stuff that if things have been feeling off, that maybe that's just a little fear and uncomfortableness and you're trying to avoid something that scares you. I do stuff that scares me all the time. Learn to embrace it. Learn to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. So I've got so much content and conversations with you, especially in January, about how to hit the ground running in 2020. You know, how I am applying manifesting. Catherine has so much to offer as well. I mean, she is the queen of manifesting, manifesting babe here, right? So I know you're going to enjoy this episode and I know you're going to enjoy this guide. So before you listen or while you're listening, just head on over to jameswedmore.com forward slash manifesting. Get access to your free guide. It's like your free little mini course there and enjoy, okay? jameswilmer.com forward slash manifesting. Now, without further ado, let's play that episode with Catherine and myself right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am here with the manifestation babe herself, Catherine Zenkina. Catherine, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. What are we going to talk about? Manifesting? Let's get right into manifesting. <laughs> I, I love it. So, Let's see. So I can't even remember how I exactly I found you, but I know that you're in Lewis House's mastermind and I have a ton of friends that are in there. And so I started seeing your name pop up. I think it was Stacy, Stacy Tuchel that connected us. I think I saw you guys were connecting or doing like a Instagram story or something together. And I was like, please connect me with her. So I saw you reached <laughs> out and I'm glad we connected. I'm glad you're taking the time to do this. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because one of my friends that I met at Tony Robbins Date with Destiny is actually in your mastermind. So it's funny how, and I think Stacy's in both masterminds. So yeah, awesome connections right there. Yeah, great people. I love them. Okay, so we're gonna talk about manifesting. I love that. Hopefully, you'll also have some really cool manifesting stories. I know right <laughs> right now you're in Costa Rica, which is really exciting. So we might hear some animals in the background, some monkeys. But I like to start with like the origin story, especially with something like this, like, were you born, were you raised, you know, intentionally manifesting? Where does, can you share with us? Like, how did you learn about all this stuff? Like, where did this all get started for you? Yeah, absolutely. I was not raised like this at all. In fact, I am actually a first generation Russian immigrant, technically, because I came here when I was just 13 months old. My family moved to the United States and we were obviously broke as an absolute joke. The five of us came with just $900 and we actually fleed from Ukraine because the Ukrainian mafia started to hunt us down. My dad and my grandpa had this business that they were really interested in and after, and things just got really wild after the Soviet Union fell. So my grandpa one day decided we need to get the hell out of here. And we had family that resided in Los Angeles. So my family just picked up their stuff, gathered $900 and made their way to Los Angeles. And so my entire childhood was very very 
not that it wasn't the happiest, but it was definitely a childhood of poverty. There was a lot of, you know, limiting beliefs. And I constantly heard the words, we can't afford, we can't afford, life is tough. It was deeply ingrained into my mindset that the only way you will ever live a good life is if you go to school, get good grades and get a good job and work your absolute ass off. And that was the messaging that I grew up with. And I want to say I kind of have a Christian background, but not really. There wasn't really any spirituality or any really, there's nothing about the law of attraction, nothing about these universal laws, nothing about spirituality, nothing about manifestation. When I first came across law of attraction was actually in 10th grade. So 16 years old. And I had this friend who was kind of out there, but she was this like cool girl who I got along with. And I used to go to her house all the time after class until it was time to do my homework. And then I'd go home. And one day she handed me the secret, the book, the secret. I know a lot of people come across the secret as a movie. I actually came across it as a book because I was a huge bookworm at the time, loved to read. And she handed me this book and she's like, Catherine, this is how my grandpa has money work for him. And he doesn't work for money and he lives his absolute dream life and everything just happens for him. And he's like this magician of life. And I had no idea what in the world she was talking about, but I was obviously intrigued. And so I took the book, I took it home and I read it from cover to cover. And I was just fascinated with this whole thing. Like it was the, it was like, it was almost like I just entered into this fantasy land that I never wanted to get out of. And so that was my first introduction of the law of attraction. And I actually dipped back and forth into the law of attraction. And then because I was a science major in college and most of my high school classes were like anatomy and physiology, biology, chemistry, I was always back battling between right brain and left brain. I was always battling between the woo woo stuff that I was fascinated with because after the secret, I started to read all the other books and I got into Abraham Hicks. I got into Wayne Dyer and just all these other metaphysical, you know, woo woo texts and woo woo books. And at the same time, I was trying to pursue my mom's dream actually for me to become a doctor. And so I was always battling between, you know, my right brain and my left brain. And I never really got around to actually applying the law of attraction. It was just like this fascination that I had with it. And then fast forward to early 2016, when I found myself in one of the darkest times in my life, I was $25,000 in debt. I just recently left an unfulfilling relationship of six years. I started another one. And at the time that relationship was really confusing because I was totally into him. He wasn't that into me. I was about to move to Los Angeles. In fact, when I finally moved to Los Angeles, I came to LA pursuing an MLM business at the time. And once again, I found myself feeling unfulfilled in my business, feeling unfulfilled in my relationship, $25,000 in debt, and just in a really, really dark place. Like I was frustrated. I was confused. I had so many limiting beliefs at the time and so many of these blocks and so many of these frustrations. And I remember always going back to my texts, going back to my books, going back to the things that I loved. And I joke around and say that manifestation babe is this Instagram thing that I started because a Around that time, I remember I had my enough is enough moment with myself. I remember just having this conversation. I don't know what sparked it. It was probably divine intervention where I just had this conversation with myself, like Catherine, like you're not getting anywhere. You're so unhappy. You're so unfulfilled. You know, you teach everyone law of attraction and you are obsessed with these vision boards and affirmations, but do you actually apply them? You're not actually applying them, which is why you are where you are right now. And I remember having this conversation with myself and and that day I decided while on my grandma's couch, I decided to create this experiment with myself. And I remember calling it like the 12 month experiment or the one year experiment or whatever it was where I told myself, I'm going to give myself one year of my life where I dispel all disbelief. I just pretend like this actually works. I'm going to take the action. I'm going to push forward. I'm going to feel the fear and do it anyway and just see what happens. And if by the end, end of the year, I don't see any results in my life. I'm still broke. I'm still in debt. I'm still unfulfilled. Then I can just forget about this and just go back to the way that things were living in fear, living in anxiety, living in worry. Or 
if things take off, then things take off. And Manifestation Babe was kind of like my documentary and my journey of all these quotes that I've collected over time and all of these passages that I've collected over time. And just me deciding to share with others all the stuff that I was learning that I have known about the law of attraction, but also how I'm applying it to my life. And I just started sharing with people stories. And that led into me creating a course that led into me, people asking me for advice, people asking me questions. I got endless and endless and endless questions in my DMs all the time, which then that evolved into creating more content, creating more posts. And I realized that a lot of people crave this information. And a lot of people just like me have no idea how to apply it. They think it's just a bunch of woo-woo magic. They don't really understand how it works. And they also don't give themselves enough time and patience to actually see it unfold in their lives, right? Because manifestation, no matter how much I try to explain it in the end, it follows nonlinear thinking. And sometimes I look at my life today and I'm like, I still have no freaking idea how this happened. (laughs) It just happened. Right. And so, yeah, manifestation babe became this like journey of just me sharing and me taking people along the ride with me and, you know, me really digging into my money mindset. I did a lot of money mindset work on myself. I went back to all my childhood beliefs around money, how money is scarce, how money is limited. I transformed that. And I would just share with people like my entire business was just me sharing stories me sharing advice and eventually led into a seven figure personal development company. And it's amazing because once again, I like manifested the whole thing and now I'm here. <laughs> that is awesome. So real quick, what, what would you say were the results of that 12 month experiment? Oh my God. Absolutely amazing. The results. So 2016 was really the foundational year and it was the foundation of my beliefs and the foundation of me just really taking my vision board seriously, really taking my affirmation seriously, digging into other courses, looking up to other spiritual teachers and just trusting the process, trusting the journey and not allowing my own you know, limiting beliefs come up and not allowing any resistance to come up and just building my manifesting muscle over time. And so the results by the end of that year in December of 2016 was when I started to see my very first, it was like my very first 5k month in business. And finally I could see the light and my boyfriend and I, at the time, our relationship was just completely transformed and we started to travel and we started, you know, everything that I would write in my journals over the, for the year period, I would go back to my old entries, go back to my old journals and just read all these things. And even the tiniest of things that I'd write down, I started to see appear into my reality in December. And, you know, my business started to take off and skyrocket. And then the whole year of 2017, all of 2016, my business actually generated a total of $9,000 because it was really that buildup year. And in all of 2017, it was really my quantum leap year. That's what I call it, where my business generated $600,000 in the year. So I went from 9k to 600k in just one year. And so those are really the results of that mindset journey that I took myself on in 2016. And to this day, I am still a student of life. I'm still a student of manifestation. I just apply it. I'm kind of like the experimenter. I hear a theory, I hear a principle, I hear something, I try it myself. If it works, I teach it to others. If it doesn't, then I don't teach it to others. And so that's really what Manifestation Babe is at its core. I love that. And thank you for sharing your story. I'm just, I'm so curious. I got a bizarre question here. So you go on this 12 month experiment, which I love. I mean, your story sound other than the running from the mafia, that was not my story, but very similar um, story in that I first, you know, discovered all this stuff from the secret. I watched the movie, not the book. And, you know, there's that time period, which I want to dive into where you're like, oh, this is fun and interesting. And then there's a difference between knowing it as concepts and ideas versus living from that. But you making this decision to have a 12 month experiment. And then you started to see the results that proved your theories in December. I'm totally curious, looking back, do you feel like having labeled it a 12 month experiment that that's when you started to see like the big results was in 12 months. 
Yeah, no coincidence at all. And actually, I didn't even think about that until I took on a job in LA, actually working like a reception job at my mom's best friend's business in May of 2016. And it was right around the time when I started to leave my unfulfilling MLM business and transition more into just working and kind of using the income that I was making working, obviously for rent, obviously for food, but also taking every single dime and penny that I made and putting it into my website putting it into my graphics, putting it into anywhere I could to allow manifestation babe to keep on living on. And I remember telling my boss at the time, like, I just need a job. And my boss was my mom's best friend. So it was really easy to tell her. I was like, I'm just here for a year and I just need to build my business for one year and I'm going to give myself one year. And so just so you know, you guys are going to have to hire a replacement for me in a year. And it's no coincidence at all that I actually quit my job right at the end of April, the following year. And that was really when my business was generating about like 18 times what I was making on my day job. It just finally, I actually realized that I could quit my job in like January or February of 2017, but I had to wait an extra month while they found someone extra two months, you know, the whole shebang. And it's funny because I remember thinking to myself the day I walked out of the office and went full time with manifestation, babe, as a manifestation coach to women, I remember thinking to myself, what if I told my boss, I just needed three months, like what would have happened? Like, obviously, you know, like the universe would have, you know, things could have unfolded in a way where I could have done this in three months. Or what if I said five years, you know, Mm -hmm. then it's like, would the journey take five years? And I absolutely know that it is no coincidence that the timeline that I set is exactly what I ended up getting. That's what I just, I could totally hear that in your description. Like there's definitely something there. And maybe that's something we can jump into today because that's always been something that is fascinating to me is when it comes to this conversation and practice of manifesting, the whole role that time plays into it. So I'd like to jump into that today, but I want to go back really quickly and notice this time period where it went from almost like this, this is some content and knowledge that I know and I'm familiar with to this line in the sand of, okay, now I'm going to start living this way. I've got to be honest, like, especially since I've been doing this podcast for a few years now, I can tell, I can tell when this is like, this is a hobby for someone, right? Like this is this cool thing that I like to spend some time reading some books about it and learning about it. And then there's like, no, no, this is who I am. And this is how I live. And I'm wondering what really makes the difference for people and what advice would you have for someone that is kind of like, I'm going to call it like the, the spiritual sidelines, like they're playing on the sidelines. How can they start to actually live this way versus just learning about it and saying that's a cool hobby or something? Yeah, it's a really great question. I think that it was a matter of making a decision for me and just giving myself no other options. Like I knew that if I gave myself other options, then I could go and any either direction. And I can either go in the direction of this, of always standing in the sidelines or me actually going full force. And so I knew that, you know, based on the records of my past, by giving myself options and kind of like not taking the leap of faith and not taking that first step, you know, here's the results, you know, I was living the results of that. And so I just decided to cut off. It was like a mental decision that I made where I just cut off all other options. And this is the only way through, like I am going a hundred percent in this direction and there's no other way to it. And also the way that I teach this to other people is that the way I look at it and the way that I've learned from experience to kind of explain this is that the universe is always waiting on you to take the very first step. When you make a decision about something, but you don't take the actual first step, like you don't take the action. For instance, an example is people talk a lot about, you know, investing in a course that's going to take their life to the next level, or they talk about investing in a business. So they talk about speaking on stage or doing all these amazing things in their businesses and lives, but they never actually put the deposit down. They never actually pay for it. They never actually set the date. They never actually give themselves no other way out. They're always leaving their life to have all these options of 
you know, failure and success. And so I created this belief system for myself and it's just me playing around really where I decided that success is inevitable and that no matter what happens, whatever choice that I make, I have to make a choice, but the end result is going to give me exactly what it is that I want. And it was just a lot of faith and it's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of mental conversations. Obviously there were times where it wasn't always easy. I make it sound like, Oh yeah, you just decide and you go for it. And it's easy and dandy. It's very similar to the very first time that you go to the gym and have a workout. You're not going to pick up the 200 pound dumbbells right away. You have to build your muscle through that repetition, through that practice, through the patience, through the sweat, through the work, through the action in order to build yourself up to being able to lift the 200 pound dumbbells. At first, you're going to start with five pounds and you're going to start with 10 pounds and you're going to start with 15 pounds. And so it is this active process, but I think it's an active process on focus and having that just tunnel vision towards whatever it is that you want, where you cut off all the other options from yourself so that you can finally reach your destination. Mm, I love that. Does that make sense? It, it, It absolutely makes sense. And there's something you said that really stuck out to me, which I've seen something that I didn't realize I was doing in my own life. And I've seen it in other people that I've looked up to, the peers in the industry, people that are really successful. And it really brings a lot of the conversations that we like to have here, like this one, full circle, is that ultimately, it's about creating your own belief system, like what you said, that it just aligns with what you want. And I just love what you're saying about when you believe in your core, it's not even a belief because it's it's just faith. It's a knowing that you know my success is inevitable you know, Catherine becomes a much different person than if she was like, I hope this works and I'm afraid of failing. (laughs) You know, it's just like, (laughs) who is Catherine that, that is standing there every day going, Hey, my success is inevitable. And I know that if I act in 100% faith and focus, I'm going to get the result that I intend. And I just, I love that. It's so amazing. And I think that's something we need to all be looking at is what is the the default belief system that we have? What do we have uh, beliefs around money, which I think we'll get into a little bit because I know you do a lot with money mindset and beliefs about business and life in general, and maybe those need to change. Let me ask you this because we both mm-hmm. have that in, we both have that in common that, <laughs> that the secret was like our gateway drug to this. And I remember <laughs> watching a movie back in two thousand and six, and you know it was. And I've had, look, I've heard so many people just bash that movie or bash the book, and I don't know if you have as well. But I feel like more and more people I meet, it's how they got introduced to this material and it, it started them on a journey. But it is, it's kind of watered down in a bit. What do you feel like, if I can put you on the spot, what do you feel like is missing from that conversation from what you read in the book versus what you're practicing and teaching today? Yeah, I think that the secret really inspired me and got me thinking, got me thinking differently. It started to dissolve kind of the limitations. It got me out of my box around, oh, you know, life is just random or this is what I'm served and this is just how things have to be. It really got me out of my box around that, which was just a huge start and obviously gave me all these tools, right? I always say like everyone has their own manifestation blueprint. It doesn't matter what tools you use as long as you're doing something to make you believe those empowering beliefs that are directly correlated to the outcome that you want. It can be visualization. It can be meditation. It can be affirmations. It can be whatever it is that works for you. There is no right or wrong. That's why I always say it takes practice. It takes testing. It takes experimenting to see what works for you. And so the secret gave me all these tools and it really got me out of my box. The thing is, is that the very problem that I had for the 10 years, right? Because I read the book in 2006. Mm -hmm. In 2016 was when I actually started to apply the law of attraction. The missing piece really was, you know, law of attraction is one of the universal laws. There are other universal laws that play into manifestation. One of them is the law of action. If you want to see something physically appear in your reality, you have to take physical action without physical action, whatever it might be. It's not like, you know, going out and like running around like a crazy person. Like there's a concept called inspired action. Sometimes inspired action is to reach out to someone, to make a phone call, to do something different that day, to start a business. It can be anything, but without actually doing the step, you miss out on the thing coming into your your reality. A lot of people sit on their couch and they're like, okay, I'm going to manifest it to me. 
I'm going to manifest a million dollars. I see the million dollars. I'm going to think about the million dollars. It's going to fall in my lap and that's it. I'm going to be a millionaire, but they never actually go out into the world and add value to other people. They never actually, you know, seek out opportunities. They never actually figure out how can they create wealth for themselves physically, not just in a mental, spiritual, emotional level. The secret really helps us with the mental, spiritual, and emotional actions, but not so much with the physical actions. And I think that that was the missing piece, you know, from the secret, because I know from experience that I wasn't taking action and I took the secret, you know, seriously, like I followed it step by step by step by step, which is why I was always fascinated with it because I, I like the concept. I like the idea. I would see results sometimes. Like I've manifested things since then, like travel, a great deals, discounts, but never really the big things that I really wanted, like travel consistently and making, you know, really good money and having a successful business, having a fulfilling relationship. And so it worked, but it wasn't really working on the deeper level because the law of action is missing from the secret. Yeah, I, cu- I couldn't agree more. And it really did. I, th- I think that like there's all these images in the movie of like the guy closing his eyes and imagining the like Ferrari and then he <laughs> opens up the garage and it just happens to be in there. And it's like, you know, that's, yes. that sounds nice. <laughs> that's awesome. But, you know, action is required. And I think there's so much enjoyment in the right type of action. You know, I think mm-hmm. I think it's like if you look at like the sports you play or the hobbies you have, like you don't want to think about tennis. You want to play tennis, you know, and you want to get lost in the like actual action and movement of the sport and to just like ignore that component and, you know, just think that something's going to appear is, I mean, I think you're missing out on a a part of the joint. Like I get, I don't know about you, but like I get lost in my work. I love being on an episode right now. Like, is this hard work? You know, it's like, we have to redefine the word work, but like the action, you know, like this is not, painful work here talking on this episode with you like this is enjoyable (laughs) and there's no way that this could happen if I wasn't like opening up the laptop reaching out to you pressing record you know all those things absolutely yeah it's just gonna magically appear okay so that's fantastic do you have like a first manifesting story either it was when you started your 12 month journey or right after you watched the secret that like really had you go holy cow there's something to this Yeah, absolutely. There's, it's funny because it literally happened half an hour after I put the the secret down, um, right after I finished reading it. And that's really what got me hooked on it because I had my first taste. So my first manifestation story was, well, I was in school at the time I was in high school. My mom is a typical Soviet Russian woman. She's all about the good grades, all about getting into, you know, Harvard, going to law school, becoming a doctor. Like those were my options. And so she was all about the good grades. And I remember being in an, in my anatomy and physiology class at the time. And I had one of those teachers that when you would get a really good grade, like an A, for instance, above, I think it was like above 95%. She would call your parents and tell your parents, you know, how amazing you are and praise you and tell your parents that you got an A. And I remember that I wanted to manifest that because it was like Saturday night that I read the secret. And the Friday before I remember not being so prepared for the test that I just took in that class. And I remember thinking to myself, Oh my God, I probably got a C. Oh my God. What if I get a D? What if I get an F? My mom's going to kill me. And I was like, wait a second, let me apply what I just read. <laughs> let me visualize. Okay. I see 95%. I hear my mom's phone ringing. I started to visualize my teacher, tell my mom about the good grade that I got on the test. And then my mom come running down the stairs and telling me, you know, Catherine, I'm so proud of you. You got an A, blah, 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 blah. And I remember just visualizing that and then putting the book down and then going back to my studies and literally not even 20 minutes later, 30 minutes later, everything that I visualized to a T was exactly what happened. And so I always say like the very first thing that I manifested was a good grade on my test. And that gave me that, that gave me that taste, something bigger than that. Another really impressive thing for me at the time that I manifested was my boyfriend and I at the time were at the university of Washington. And we obviously didn't make a lot of money. We're broke college students. And I really wanted to go to the Dominican Republic for winter break. And it was about two weeks before winter 
break where I just decided that I'm going to manifest the Dominican Republic. I don't know where this came from, but I remember riding on the bus to and from college and visualizing the beach, hearing the music, celebrating. I saw me and him celebrating. I saw us in the plane. I saw the whole thing just unfold in front of me. And I just had this expectation that it was going to happen. I just apply these acting as if so the feelings that I would get and you know, the conversations I would have, I would just see it as clearly as I as I possibly could. And literally a week before winter break, my boyfriend, so I kind of manifested this through him. My boyfriend got an email from his scholarship that basically stated, we have an extra $10,000 for you and you have to spend it. Like we, we just have to give it, give you this money. We made a mistake. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't return it to us. We know you already paid tuition this quarter. So just have fun with the money. Wow. It was, it came completely out of the blue. And of course, the very first thing we did with that money was we booked a trip to the Dominican Republic literally the week after. And so that also blew my mind. Yeah. Um, and that was amazing. That was kind of an earlier story as well. I love that. That is so awesome. And uh, I think like the more like crazy and miraculous the, the better because it just like it inspires people so much to like you know holy cow anything really <laughs> yeah. is possible so you know you keep saying things like you know you made this decision i'm gonna manifest this can you drill down a little bit for our listeners on the how i guess are there like some steps you follow is it different depending on what you want like you know what are some of the steps that you teach yeah, I have a, I have my three-step manifesting process that I now follow and teach. And it's funny because I think that's the biggest mistake that people make is that they think that different things follow different manifestation processes. And that was my biggest kind of hurdle that I had to overcome with money because I, I never saw money in my childhood and I never knew anyone who's a millionaire. And so for me, wealth and money was not normalized. And it was just something that was kind of out there. And I never saw myself as someone who could have access to money or could manifest money or deserved money or was worthy of money or, you know, has done anything special to have money in her life. And so for me, the biggest hurdle was that I always thought that money falls followed other laws or like money was like this different thing. I always had money on this pedestal where I could manifest anything into my life, but money. And I made money super weird and super challenging for myself. And so the biggest mistake that I see is that people think that different things, like I get asked all the time, Catherine, can I manifest love? Can I manifest a relationship? Can I manifest this? Can I manifest that? And it's like, yes, you can manifest anything and it's the exact same process. So my manifesting process is basically this. Number one is to decide on the outcome. What is it that you want to bring into your life? And obviously you want to be specific. You want it to be enticing. You want it to be something that excites you. And I always recommend if it's something really, really large, like for instance, you've never manifested a million dollars in your life before. Don't put down a million dollars. I always say chunk it down into bite-sized pieces because you are throughout your lifetime constantly building this manifesting muscle. And if you keep giving yourself extremely large goals where you have no idea how it's going to happen so that you keep focusing on the how, which you never want to focus on the how, because the how is not your job. And so you just drive yourself in the circle of never really getting what you want because it's way too big for you to even imagine. And it's not like the $1 million is impossible. It's just, I ask people, chunk it down, bring it to like a hundred K. If you've seen, you know, 10 K in your life before 20 K months. Um, and I was related to months cause I help spiritual entrepreneurs earn more money. And so, you know, everyone's after the 10 K months, the 15 K months, the 50 K months, hundred K months. And so I say like, if you've never had a hundred K month, start with a 50 K month or start with a five K month, start somewhere a little bit smaller. So it's something that excites you. It's not so large that you get anxious and frustrated and you start to stress yourself out about the outcome. You want to make sure that it's something fun because manifestation is a fun and easy process. So whatever your outcome is, decide on it. And then step number two, I say, embody the version of yourself who already has it. Embody the beliefs. Like if you were to already have this amount of money or this relationship or this business or this house or whatever it is, 
Who is the version of yourself who already have it? What is he or she like? What are their thought processes? Who do they hang around with? What kind of books do they read? What do they believe? What are their habits? What are their values? How do they see themselves? There's so many of these building blocks that start to unfold where you can then compare, okay, you know, this is where I am right now. And this is where the version of myself who already has it is. And I see that the missing piece is that the version of myself who already has it, first of all, believes she can have believes that she can have it. She gets up at six in the morning to be able to do this. She thinks these thoughts, she hangs out with these people. And so you start to unfold kind of this map of which leads into step three. What is the inspired action that you can take based on step two in order to manifest what you decided on in step one. And so whenever I want something in my life, for instance, I want to go, I want to travel the world, or I want to hit a certain business goal, or I want to create a different business model for myself, or I want something different. I always ask myself, okay, Catherine, the version of myself who already has it, what is that version of Catherine? Like, what are her standards? What is she settling for? What decisions is she making? What kind of choices is she making? What is she doing? Who is she at the very core? How does she feel? And typically people find out at this stage that the version of yourself who already has it isn't worried about not getting it because you already have it. She's very, you know, she or he is already feeling calm about having it. There's an energy of certainty that plays in and you just kind of start to unfold this blueprint or this map. And then step three is as you start to receive nudges or as this plan unfolds, it's like, okay, now take action on it. What's the next thing that you can do? Maybe it's a course you need to enroll into. Maybe it's an event you need to go to. Maybe it's a phone call you need to make. Maybe it's, you have to put yourself out there. I manifested my fiance Brennan via Tinder. I met him on Tinder. So maybe if you're manifesting a relationship, make a Tinder account, you know, put yourself out there go to a bar, go to somewhere where singles hang out, do something because the version of yourself already has it. This is kind of how she achieved it. And that gives you a little bit of a sense of control because I know a lot of people have such a hard time surrendering control. So at least there's a little bit of control here, but ultimately in step four, which is basically receive it. You know, I always say manifestation is like this it's magic in the end. I can't even explain how things come into my life. I can't even explain how, you know, the amount of synchronicities that have happened in my life, the amount of things that had to happen in order for me to receive the thing. But, you know, so you can't really focus on the how, and you also can't focus on the when. And I know that was another question that you had, like my opinion of a timeline. I believe that when you set a timeline or you set a date for whatever it is that you want to manifest that can help and can assist just like for instance, you know, my business taking off within the time frame that I decided to take off in or me quitting my job within the time frame. But at the same time, it adds so much pressure to ourselves where as that date inches closer and closer and closer, we get more and more and more concerned about the how. And the version of yourself who already has that thing is not concerned about the how. So that's why that whole thing starts to mess, you know, worrying about the time and worrying about the how. But yeah, those are my three steps that I've applied to almost everything that I've manifested to this point. I love that, especially because it's so simple. And my favorite step is uh, step two. Yeah. And what you shared there, I think is so powerful. Embody what I would call your future self, the version of you that already has this thing that you desire here in this present moment. But you said something that really stood out to me, which is so huge, is that understanding that when you step into who that future version of yourself is, is now you realize that there's no need for worry because that future version already has the thing that you desire, so it wouldn't be worrying about it in the first place. And I think this is so true, and I believe wholeheartedly that it is our worry, our fear, and our anxiety that is the thing that is pushing away that which we want. That even, it just makes all of this even more easy and more efficient and faster if we just didn't have any worry doubt or fear like if we just could remove that completely from our lives it would just be like bam 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 like everything we want would come in instantly so here's my question for you what have you done because i think that is ultimately the the old it's not hard for most people i would assume to have a desire 
right? I think it is it is a part of who we are that we're always going to have desires. And a lot of us like to say, well, I don't know what I want. I don't know what my vision is. And, and you know, I can always call BS. And I'm sure you can too, that it's like, well, <laughs> you can probably tell me all the things you don't want or all the things you're sick of. And if we just, you know, do the opposite of that, we're clear on what we want. I think it's where we get into that worry that is the toughest part. So what have you done when you start to f- feel that doubt or worry creep in and, and what suggestions do you have for someone else that might be dealing with that? I think that anytime you feel worry or doubt or fear, it's a sure tail sign that you're focusing on exactly what it is that you don't want. So anytime I feel worry or fear pop up in my life, I ask myself, like, first of all, am I living in the present moment? Because if I'm worried about something that hasn't happened yet, I'm living in the future and I'm not being present right now to all the good that I have happening right in this very moment. And also if I'm feeling worry or fear or doubt, That means my predominant thoughts right now are focused on the not having it or focused on the lack of it or focused on the what if it doesn't happen. And the thing with manifestation is you have to train yourself. And I tell people it's a muscle. You have to train it. The very first day, you might feel a lot of fear and worry. You might not be able to control your thoughts. Controlling your thoughts takes practice. It takes time. It takes patience. I didn't just one day wake up and all of a sudden master my mind. In fact, even until this day, every Every now and then I'm going to come across fear, doubt, and worry because I'm a human being. You know, there's polarity that serves us. And I think that the law of polarity states that everything has an opposite, like dark has an opposite, which is light and sadness has an opposite, which is happiness. And everything has polarity so that we can keep training this focus muscle. And sometimes getting what we don't want is the very thing that helps us define even more what it is that we do want. It gives us clarity. And so for me, I just keep asking myself, okay, I'm feeling a little bit worried today, which means that I'm not focusing on what I want. I'm focusing on exactly what I don't want. So I'll open up my journal. And first of all, I'll release my doubts, fears, and worries into my journal. And I'll just write down all the things that I'm afraid of. And I'll write down what I'm worried about happening. And when you write it out, sometimes it just sounds so ridiculous. Like, is this really the (laughs) truth? Do you really think that's actually going to happen? Like, no, And then on the other side of my page, I will write down what it is that I want, what my outcome is, what I know for sure, what my truth is. I will step into that version of myself who already has it and write down the new beliefs and write down the new thoughts and script out kind of what life looks like. And then I will just make it so much bigger and more exciting than the opposite thoughts. And I will just become consumed with, no, this is the reality that I want to create. And then I go off into this, like, you know, I'll visualize and I'll do a little daydreaming and be like, oh my God, this feels so much better. And that's how I've trained my mind to keep seeking out pleasure rather than focusing on pain and focusing what I don't have and focusing on what's missing. It's an active training and it might take daily practice. And then, you know, after time, it only gets easier and easier and easier and easier. I didn't come out of the womb. I'm, you know, this manifestation expert, this came from practice and just seeing what works, what doesn't work. Okay. This obviously, you know, led to the manifestation of what I don't want. This led me to where I I do want to be. And so I throw out what didn't work and I just keep working on the stuff that did work. And so that's kind of what works for me personally. Yeah. And I love what you said about the contrast that it's what can give you clarity to what you do want. And is it fair to say that like part of your upbringing, like, you know, having the the stories in your family about money of, you know, constantly saying we can't afford this or that. And even that dark time that you described in 2016 is really what helped fuel the direction that you're, that you're in now. Oh, absolutely. And I'm so grateful for it. I am anytime I think about, you know, what I had to do to overcome my money mindset and the amount of debt that I had and my upbringing and the abuse that was going on in my family early on in my childhood that led to, you know, some even more limiting beliefs and all this stuff. Like I am always so grateful that I had those experiences because if everything was perfect and dandy in my childhood, then would I be this hungry to desire more? Would I be 
this intentional with manifesting what I do want? Would I be this motivated and this driven to help others get what they want too? And I've come to realize that there's no way in hell, like there's no way in hell that, you know, could have been this way. And so I am totally 100% grateful for that polarity because now I appreciate my life today that much more. I think about the days when I was broke, the days when I was pumping my gas at like $5 increments at a time. I remember the nights that I would cry myself to sleep, just so worried about the future and how much more peaceful my life is today and how I've created this life of abundance and, uh, you know, abundance mindset to match, obviously. And just, I hold so much more gratitude for where I am today because of that polarity. I love that. And I think we should all be, we should all be doing that is having gratitude for so many people don't, you know, and I've, I've been there too. So uh, I'm not immune to this where we just start to resent the people, places, things, and events in our life that were unpleasant, unsatisfactory. And there's so much power when you can glean the lesson and the purpose that it had in your life to, to shape you to where you are today. And oh man, I, I just think hindsight is, is so powerful when we look back. Okay, I, I wanna be mindful of time. So I, I th- you know, thank you again, for, you've shared so much, but you've talked a lot about money mindset. I'm wondering if we could just go there for a quick hot minute. Of course. It sounds like you've done a lot with it. So like, what's the 80-20 there? Like, what, what is the biggest thing that you would say to someone who maybe does not have a very healthy or conducive relationship with money right now? What can you offer them? Yeah. So I feel like the biggest shift in my life was the fact that we are in a relationship with money. Money is just energy and that energy follows, you know, all the other energies in our life, like the energy of love and the energy of abundance and the energy of just about anything. And money at its core is just pieces of paper or numbers in your bank account that have energy attached to it. And so I always say like most of the time when you are struggling with money, it's because you are holding a negative relationship with money. You are, and I tell people, this is what personally shifted like everything for me was I imagined that I was literally in a relationship with my money. Like money was my best friend or money was my boyfriend. And I asked myself, what am I doing with money that I wouldn't be doing with my best friend or, you know, someone else that I loved. And I realized that I was neglecting my money. I had no actual idea what was in my bank account. I would never go into my bank account. I would never actually look at the numbers of how much debt I actually had. I was kind of like ignoring where I currently was at just because I felt like if I would ignore it, it would just disappear and go away. And that wasn't the truth. Because if you think about if you're in a relationship with someone, if you just neglect them or ignore them, like, are they going to want to stick around? And so it was building this relationship of trust and this relationship of love and this relationship of abundance and knowing that I can release my money out into the universe and it will come back to me because that's what friends or that's what boyfriends do. You got to trust to let them out and they'll come back into my life. And I also really related money to nature and how nature is so abundant. And I remember when I was really struggling with money, I looked out the window one day and I just had this aha moment. I thought to myself, because I was living in Washington state at the time, and there was a lot of rain coming down at the time that I looked out my window. And I remember looking at it and being like, wow, there's just so much abundance of rain just falling out of the sky and no plant out there cares, you know, about not getting enough rain or not getting enough sun. Nobody's worried about running out of space to grow. No one's worried about growing too tall. No one's worried about running out of carbon dioxide. Like nature is just so abundant and there's so many leaves everywhere and there's just so much going on and we are part of this nature. And so therefore I started thinking to myself, why can't I see myself as part of this abundant nature as well? And I started to put myself into that perspective where I realized that there's just so much abundance and limitless opportunity and money and everything around us. And, you know, there are more millionaires today than there ever were in history. And every like five days, there's a new billionaire made and wealth is constantly created. And there's just so much more going on 
all the time. And me having these aha moments led to me treating money differently. I just learned that we are societally conditioned to not talk about money. And so therefore, like if you're not talking about your relationship with someone, if you're keeping your relationship with money a secret, or you're treating money as your enemy, then that's the same kind of energy by law of attraction that you're going to manifest into your life. And realizing that money is nothing else. This is another big thing that, you know, a lot of people struggle with, like, is money spiritual or, you know, I shouldn't have more than just enough. Well, I remind people that money is just a tool. And if I were to take like, for instance, a knife from my kitchen and use that knife to cook a beautiful meal for my family and use it to slice the vegetables and the meat and stuff and create this big, beautiful meal, the knife wasn't responsible for that meal. It was me using that tool to create something beautiful for my family. Or I can take the same knife, which is still a tool and go out and stab someone or go out and murder someone or kill someone. And it's not the knife's fault. You know, the actions that I took with the knife, the knife is just a tool. And I think a lot of people think that money has, you know, like free will or money is evil or money has feelings or money, you know, money's bad when it's really, it's the people behind money that are either doing really good things with money or doing really bad things with money. It's not the money's fault. It's what we do with the money. And so I've come to realize that, you know, when spiritual people have more money, they're the ones who are going to bless the world in these endless impactful ways where they're going to be the ones to support more charities, start foundations, maybe, you know, buy land to create preservations and save the, all these species and, you know, support entrepreneurs and support scientific breakthroughs. And we're the ones that are going to do really good things with money. So it is our divine right to be as wealthy as we can possibly be, especially the good people out there. And I think a lot of people just have the wrong conception of what money is and money's nothing more than a tool and how you increase how much abundance comes into your life is by creating that healthy, positive, beautiful relationship with money. Amen. I love it. That's so great. And I've never really looked like I've always heard like your relationship with money, but to start imagining it as if you're actually in a relationship with money and something I learned a long time ago, especially when I was in engaged and getting closer and closer to my wedding day was the to have a successful relationship with the person you're with, your partner that you're gonna spend the rest of your life with, is that you have to be willing to take 100% responsibility for that relationship that both parties do. And most people make the mistake and do this 50-50 thing. And so I just, I love how you're, you're framing that because it's the same thing here. If you're in this relationship with money and that relationship is not aligned with the goals that you want, like you wanna have a, $100,000 month, but you think money is bad and evil, that's 100% on you to change that relationship with money because money's not going to change it. <laughs> it has to be. Right. It has Absolutely. to be. On you. Money isn't going to be like, hey, we should talk. <laughs> we should we should talk about this relationship. It's going to have to be on you with everything. So I love exactly. that. Exactly. It's such a great way to look at it. Okay, Catherine, this has been phenomenal. I appreciate you taking the time and sharing so much here. You shared your three-step process for manifesting. We talked about money mindset. We talked about creating a more conducive belief system. And I just love how you have both a right brain and a left brain approach to this. Before we wrap up, is there any final thoughts anything else you want to share to leave with our listeners as they go out and manifest their wildest dreams? Yeah, I would just say to go out there and just do your own experiment. Like the same experiment that I did my 12 month experiment of just actually applying this knowledge and just believing like there's no other way but for you to actually get the thing that you want, like believe wholeheartedly in the law of attraction manifestation and just see what unfolds in your life. It doesn't have to be a year. I know for some people they're like, okay, here's a lot. Try it for 24 hours, set an intention, follow the three-step manifesting process, see what happens in 24 hours. It's not going to hurt you. You know, 24 hours of your life is no big deal. But if something magical happens in that 24 hour period, then you have just started 
the very shift that can completely revolutionize and change the rest of your life. And if nothing happens in that 24 hour period, which I recommend obviously going above 24 hours then whatever, like you can just let it go and just say, ah, screw this. It doesn't work for me. Even though law of attraction is always turned on, you can't turn it off. It's always working for you, but maybe like you, you just decide out, you know, whatever, forget it, create your own experiment. Like maybe it's a seven day journey, a 14 day journey, a 30 day journey. Everyone goes on these 21 day health and wellness journeys or, you know, 30 days to make a habit. So why not just do the same thing, but do it with your mindset, you know, choose new thoughts, adopt new beliefs, figure out what the version of yourself who already has it, what is she doing? You know, what is she thinking? What are her beliefs? And just take, you know, just do those things for 30 days and just see what happens in your life. Just just see what happens. Yeah, I love it. It's Catherine Zenkina. We can find her over on Instagram. Her handle is the uh, is Manifestation Babe. Where else can they go to learn more about you? Absolutely. Besides Instagram, you can find me on manifestationbabe.com as well as I have a big Facebook group called Manifestation Babes on Facebook. And I think we're at like 44,000 members now. So if you're interested in learning more and also joining a a community of very like-minded, supportive people who are also totally into this stuff and share their stories and share their wins and, you know, just uh, help each other out, then you can find that on Facebook as well manifestation babes awesome and we'll link all of that up in the show notes so you guys can go there quickly and easily Catherine, thank you again so much for taking the time i truly appreciate it and thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to yet another episode of the podcast and we'll see you all on the next one take care Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I wanna show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.